From Silicon Valley to Wall Street, the promise and perils of artificial intelligence are playing out on the world stage. But what will the next phase of AI adoption look like? Which companies from big tech to startups will dominate? And where do the risks and unintended consequences lie? I'm Emily Chang. Join me at Bloomberg Tech in San Francisco, May 9th, to answer many of the industry's burning questions. Alongside SNAP's Evan Spiegel, Xbox president Sarah Bond, OpenAI's Brad Lightcap, top researcher Dr. Fei-Fei Li of Stanford, and many more. More details and just a few tickets left at Bloomberg.com slash TechSF. Live from the Bloomberg Interactive Burger Studios, this is Bloomberg Daybreak for Thursday, April 21st, 2022. Coming up this hour. Russia claims a key victory as Ukrainian forces remain holed up in the port city of Mariupol. The Justice Department will appeal a federal judge's ruling that lifted mask mandates on public transportation. And Tesla shares surge after the electric vehicle maker posts a record profit. Legalized pot sales begin today in New Jersey. Plus, the state of Florida clashes with its biggest tourist attraction, Walt Disney World. I'm Michael Barr. More ahead. I'm John Stanshow and Forge. The Nets blew a big lead, lost game two in Boston. The Yankees won in Detroit. The Mets lost to the Giants. That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak on Bloomberg 1130 New York, Bloomberg 991 Washington, D.C., Bloomberg 1061 Boston, Bloomberg 960 San Francisco, Sirius XM 119, and around the world on BloombergRadio.com and via the Bloomberg Business app. And good morning. I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. U.S. stock index futures on the rise this morning, led by technology shares. We are coming up to 501 on Wall Street. We check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. Right now, S&P futures up 36 points. Dow futures up 213. And NASDAQ futures up 167. And uh, right now, the 10-year Treasury is down 9.30 seconds. The yield at 2.86%. The yield on the two-year, 2.61%. And NYMEX crude oil is up 1% or a $1.03 at $103.22 a barrel. Nathan. All right, Karen, thanks. We'll have more on the markets in just a minute. First, it may be a major development in the war in Ukraine. Russian President Vladimir Putin now says his forces have taken the key port city of Mariupol. Let's get the latest now from Amy Morris in our Bloomberg 99.1 newsroom in Washington. Russia's defense minister says more than 2,000 Ukrainian troops remain holed up in the city. Putin is calling on them to surrender. This as the U.S. imposed fresh sanctions on Russia while preparing to send another $800 million in weapons to Ukraine. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen and others walked out of a Group of 20 meeting as Russian officials began addressing the gathering. Russia, meanwhile, test-fired a new intercontinental ballistic missile. But Pentagon Press Secretary John Kirby says Russia told the U.S. about that test ahead of time and he doesn't consider it a threat. In Washington, I'm Amy Morris, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Amy, thank you. Well, turning to the pandemic now, the Florida court ruling that put a stop to mask mandates in the air will be appealed, and Bloomberg's Ed Baxter has that story. The CDC has come out saying that current conditions warrant the mask mandate remain in place. The wording, it is CDC's continuing assessment that at this time, an order requiring masking in the indoor transportation corridor remains necessary for the public health. CDC believes this is a lawful order well within CDC's legal authority to protect public health. Now, remember, the Biden administration has said that if the CDC made that determination, it would appeal. 
The DOJ has said it is ready to move forward. In San Francisco, I'm Ed Baxter, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Ed, thanks. In China, President Xi Jinping is defending his country's reliance on lockdowns to fight COVID despite mounting economic woes. We need to work together to defend people's lives and health. Safety and health are the prerequisite for human development and progress. Speaking through an interpreter, Chinese President Xi Jinping reaffirmed the underlying goal is to minimize deaths. Well, turning to the markets now, Nathan, shares of Tesla up 7% in early trading following a strong earnings report from Elon Musk's electric vehicle giant. And we get the latest live from Bloomberg's Renita Young. Good morning, Renita. Good morning, Karen. Tesla's reporting a record profit for Q1, boosted by strong demand for its electric vehicles. And despite industry-wide supply chain challenges for key components like semiconductors and higher prices, CEO Elon Musk says Twitter should be... Tesla should be able to make up for any production shortfalls. He predicts the company is on track to expand production to more than 1.5 million vehicles this year. That's compared with about 936,000 deliveries last year. He said on a conference call yesterday, quote, we may pull a rabbit out of the hat. Live in New York, I'm Renita Young, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Renita, thank you. Right there next to Tesla in the pre-market, shares of United Airlines also up 7%. As Bloomberg's Charlie Pellet reports, the airline expects to be profitable this year. CEO Scott Kirby says the demand environment is the strongest it has been in his 30 years in the industry. United joins rival Delta in projecting a return to profitability, even as the industry grapples with dramatically higher fuel costs. Carriers have been hopeful this year would mark a rebound from the pandemic slump before the rising expenses and a brief surge in the COVID-19 Omicron variant disrupted operations in recent months. In New York, Charlie Pellet, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Charlie, thank you. Well, we are seeing the fallout continue this morning from the massive sell-off in Netflix shares. Billionaire investor Bill Ackman lost more than $430 million on a three-month bet on the streaming company. Ackman's Pershing Square Capital Management sold its Netflix stake after the company reported an unexpected drop in customers. Shares plunged 35% yesterday. Right now, shares are down about another 1% in early trading. Okay, turning to the economy now, Karen, Jay Powell will have one of the final words on the central bank policy outlook before the Fed enters its traditional blackout period. Powell speaks later today before an international monetary fund panel. The Fed's next policy decision comes on May 4th. Meanwhile, Nathan, San Francisco Fed President Mary Daly is speaking out on the future of interest rates. She says the central bank should raise rates to neutral by the end of the year. Moving purposefully to a more neutral stance that does not stimulate the economy that is clearly demonstrated it can self-sustain is a top priority. And this is where the question of timing comes in. How quickly should we get there? So accounting for the risks of being too fast or too slow, I see an expeditious march to neutral by the end of the year as the prudent path. And San Francisco Fed President Mary Daly made the comments at an economic conference in Las Vegas. Well, despite the rise in inflation and interest rate hikes, Karen, Bank of America CEO Brian Moynihan says the consumer is holding up well. They have more money to spend, and they aren't borrowing on their lines. The credit card balance is tw- still $20 billion off. All that says there's a lot of dry powder on the consumer side. So that's the tension. So that's the good news. I don't know what they say and worry about, but I can tell you on a given day, they're spending money and engaging the economy. 
Bank of America CEO Brian Moynihan made those comments in an interview with Bloomberg's David Weston. You can hear more of that conversation. We have it coming up for you in just about 10 minutes. Right now, S&P futures are up 32 points. Dow futures up 182. NASDAQ futures are higher by 152 points. And the 10-year Treasury is down 930 seconds with a yield of 2.86%. Local headlines and a check of sports next. This is Bloomberg. It's now 5.07 on Wall Street. We're at 46 degrees in Central Park, already dealing with an accident. An overturned tractor trailer on the northbound New Jersey Turnpike by exit 7A. Details coming up in traffic. First, Michael Barr with more on what's going on in New York and around the world. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, Nathan. Today, New Jersey begins selling legalized pot. But there will still be a minority of people for whom cannabis remains off limits. The police, Jersey City Mayor Steve Fulop. These guys are carrying weapons, and they need to be able to have good judgment at all times in the community to feel comfortable with that. So we're going to make the rules that are in the best interest of our community here. Jersey City Mayor Steve Fulop, as the ACLU, will start expunging hundreds of thousands of pot-related records for people across the state. A decades-old relationship between Florida and one of the world's biggest companies is in danger of coming to an end. Governor Ron DeSantis is asking the legislature to terminate a deal with Walt Disney World. DeSantis says the Walt Disney Company had no right to criticize what critics call Florida's Don't Say Gay Law. The Florida Senate has passed a bill to repeal a law allowing Walt Disney World to operate as a private government over its properties in the state. A man is dead and a police officer critically injured in what police say was a gun investigation arrest gone bad just north of New York City. Authorities say three people police were following ducked into a small grocery store. Yonkers New York Police Commissioner John Muller says the officers then went inside. One of the suspects attempted to push past one of our detectives, a Yonkers detective, and and when our Yonkers detective pushed him back, um, it appears that he fired one shot at our detective. Yonkers Commissioner Muller says the officer lost a tremendous amount of blood, but thankfully he is going to be okay. The alleged gunman was shot and killed by one of the other officers. French President Emmanuel Macron last night strongly attacked his far-right election challenger, Marine Le Pen, for her links to Russia. Through an interpreter, Macron claimed that by taking out a loan from a Russian bank, Le Pen had made herself dependent on Russian power. Why did you do it? And I say this with great gravity tonight, because for our country... This is bad news because you depend on the Russian power and you depend on Mr. Putin. In a debate ahead of Sunday's election runoff, Le Pen insists the French will be better off on purchasing power and security under her rule. Global News, 24 hours a day, on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr, and this is Bloomberg Nathan. Thank you, Michael. Coming up to 510 on Wall Street. Time for the Bloomberg Sports Update. Good morning, John Stashauer. Good morning, Nathan. The Nets, game two in Boston, able to build up a 17-point lead, not because of their stars. They were led by the likes of Bruce Brown, Goran Dragic, and Seth Curry. When the Celtics caught up in the fourth quarter, the game was on the line. The Nets looked to their stars, and they failed them. Kevin Durant shot four for 17. He's 13 for 41 in the series. Kyrie Irving had a brilliant game one. Shot four for 13. Together they were one for 17 in the second half. 
Celtics won 114-107, lead the series 2-0. Here's Kyrie. Just got to be better moving forward uh, coming out of that, that halftime and, and knowing that when we have the lead and, and against a good team or a great team like Boston, we, we just got to take advantage of As it. As expected, Irving booed by Celtic fans every time he touched the ball. Game three, Saturday night at the Barclays Center. Philadelphia won an overtime at Toronto, lead that series 3-0. Chicago won at Milwaukee to tie that series at one. Another cold night in Detroit. Another Yankee win by two runs, this time 5-3. to three. Home run for Anthony Rizzo, his fourth. Isaiah Kiner-Falefa has come on since a slow start. His RBI single seventh inning gave the Yanks the lead back after the Tigers had tied it. Three hits for Detroit's Miguel Cabrera. He needs one more for 3,000 in his career. City Field, Giants a quick start. Three runs in the first inning off Chris Bassett. They went on to beat the Mets 5-2. to two. Both the Mets and Yankees have day games today. Surprising news from college basketball. Jay Wright, only 60 years old, but retiring after 21 years at Villanova. He coached before that at Hofstra. Villanova has already named as Wright's replacement Kyle Neptune, former Nova assistant, just finished his first year at Fordham. John Stashauer, Bloomberg Sports. Nathan? All right, John, thank you. Right now, S&P futures are up 33 points. Dow futures up 193. NASDAQ futures higher by 157 points. The 10-year Treasury is down 930 seconds. The yield, 2.86%. Yield on the two-year, 2.61. This is Bloomberg. Bloomberg Daybreak brought to you by the New York Community Trust. Your name will live on as a champion of the causes you care about for years to come through a charitable bequest. To the New York Community Trust, learn more at philanthropist.nyc. Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business app, and at Bloomberg Quick Tape. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. U.S. stock index futures on the rise this morning as a strong start to the earnings reporting season eases fears of a recession in the world's largest economy. A sell-off in Treasury is resuming with a debate ranging around whether inflation is peaking. And we check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. Right now, S&P futures are up 33 points. Dow futures up 195. NASDAQ futures up 154. The DAX in Germany up 1%. CAC in Paris up 1.4%. And the FTSE 100 is lower down a tenth of a percent. Nikkei 225 in Japan gained one and a quarter percent, while the Hang Seng in Hong Kong was down one and a quarter percent. Ten-year Treasury down 1230 seconds, yield 2.88 percent. The yield on the two-year 2.62 percent. Nymex crude oil is up one percent, or a dollar three at 103 dollars 22 cents a barrel. Comex gold down half percent, or nine dollars 50 cents at 19.46 ten an ounce. The euro 1.0923 against the dollar. British pound one. 1.3060 begins at 128.13 and bitcoins higher up 1.1% at $41,900. Today we are watching for the weekly report on initial jobless claims at 8:30 Wall Street time, leading indicators out at 10, Snap and AT&T among companies scheduled to report earnings today. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael, good morning. Good morning, Karen. President Vladimir Putin said Russia has taken control of Ukraine's Mariupol. However, a massive steel plant, which Putin ordered blockaded, was not stormed. 
More than 2,000 opposing troops remain holed up in the industrial complex in the strategic southern port city. Meanwhile, a U.S. official says President Joe Biden is planning to send additional military aid to help Ukraine fight the Russian invasion. The World Health Organization says that the number of reported new COVID-19 cases worldwide decreased by nearly a quarter last week. That means there's been a decline in reported infections since the end of March. Meanwhile, the Florida court ruling that put a stop to mask mandates will be appealed by the Justice Department. In the NBA playoffs, the Celtics beat the Nets 114-107 to take a two-games-to-zip lead in their series. MLB action, the Yankees won, the Giants beat the Mets 5-2, the Red Sox lost, the Orioles shut out the A's one zip. In the NHL, the Capitals lost to the Golden Knights in overtime 4-3. Global News, 24 hours a day, on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr, and this is Bloomberg. Nathan. All right, Michael, thank you. It's 520 on Wall Street, live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studios. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. Good morning. I'm Nathan Hager. Bank of America reported better than expected earnings this week. And the bank CEO, Brian Moynihan, says the American consumer is doing well, even with inflation and interest rates on the rise. In an interview with Bloomberg's David Weston, Moynihan said that his economic outlook is bullish and he trusts the Fed to bring inflation down. Our core estimate for GDP growth for the United States for the, uh, by Candace Browning-Platt and our research team, which is one of the best in the business, is 3.3 percent for 22 and 1.8% for next year. And that includes significant rate rises by the Fed. And so there's a belief there that the, the Fed gets it right, that they have a soft landing, they engineer a return to um, <clears throat> trend growth, as the saying would go. Uh, the reality is there's debate around that. And will they have to engineer a harder landing just because the amount of inflation in the system has to be pulled back? But what is different this time than, say, the last rate cycle where they moved up in, in the 18-19 range is even though unemployment's down, and it's down, at that point in 19, wages weren't growing as fast. Wages are growing very fast. At that point, customers had money in their accounts, but not like they have today because of all the stimulus dollars. And at that point, you know, frankly, you know, businesses were at the long end of a major recovery, 10-year recovery, one of the longest ever, if we remember talking about it before the pandemic. So the thing was sort of long in the tooth. Now it's almost like a restart due to the fact that you had the pandemic, the pullback, business closures, and you're coming back out of a ton of stimulus. So that's that's the two ways to think about it. So there's going to be a tug of war and there's a little tension, but as the market says, don't fight the Fed. And as I said yesterday, I wouldn't fight the American consumer because what we see in our customer base, and I'm happy to talk more about, David, if you want, is is tremendous customer activity by the Bank of America customers, which is our 50 million strong. So the very strong labor market. What about the housing market? Because I saw that in your first quarter report, returns, uh, you actually were down a little bit in residential mortgages. Should we be concerned about that, particularly as rates go up, I suppose people are less likely to borrow money to buy a house. As rates go up, you know, obviously the cost of a mortgage goes up. If you take a $200,000 mortgage and rates go up, you know, 1% is $2,000 more a year divided by 12. You know, you could do the math. And so it, it affects affordability. But the reality is, is people sort of make a mistake in thinking about the refi market as being a major contributor economy. It, it, it happens. It helps. People get a little lower payments. That's good because they have more cash flow. What drives the housing economy is construction. And if you just looked at the housing numbers this week, there's still a lot of starts going on. There's still a lot of demand in housing. We still have a housing, a built housing shortage, both in the multifamily and the single family in, in many areas. You know, when we look with our, our CEO colleagues in Charlotte, we see tens of thousands of units of, of workforce housing need to be built. When we look with our CEO colleagues in 
Boston, we see the same thing. They see the same thing in New York. So there's a lot of demand for housing because of just the natural way things are working. And that will hold the housing market up. Now, was it growing pretty fast price-wise? Yes. Will that slow down potentially? Yes. But, but remember, it's growing at three or four times the normal rate it usually grows at. So I think everything ebbs and flows, and that's what the Fed will try to work on cooling down with the rate hikes. But remember, the underlying economic activity is building those houses, and that still has a lot of room to go. Let's talk about inflation. How are you seeing that expressed in uh, economic activity? I mean, it can express itself in compressed margin ratios for companies, for example, even in demand destruction, people buying less things. Are you seeing that? We're not seeing people buy less things yet because, frankly, uh, because of some of the shortages, is any, any price is fine, so they're willing to pay the price. So the transaction volume of, of our customers' activity is going up 7 8%. The dollar volume is going up higher than that. That means you know, some of that's just price increases. So corporate world is making good profits. They're passing through when they can, and you're seeing that in some of the corporate earnings. It'll be a very interesting earnings season. But the reality, they're handling the shortages and they're handling the inflation. It can't go on forever that way, and that's why the Fed has a job to bring the inflation back in line because that kind of spiral is not healthy, but it takes – rapid movement to get more efficient and rapid movement to move price. And then with more wages, people can pay the prices and do the things. And that was Bank of America CEO Brian Moynihan speaking with Bloomberg's David Weston. You can catch their entire interview. We have it for you online at Bloomberg.com. Right now, S&P futures are moving higher. They're up 34 points. Dow futures up 204. NASDAQ futures up 157 points. The 10-year Treasury is down 11.30 seconds. The yield 2.87%. Yield on the two-year right now. Just shy of 2.62%. Stay with us. You're listening to Bloomberg Daybreak. Bloomberg 1130 weather. More clouds than sun today. Cool with highs in the upper 50s. We'll be in the upper 60s tomorrow with sunshine. Partly sunny, low 60s for Saturday. Right now, 46 in Central Park. Broadcasting live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studio in New York. Bloomberg 1130 to Washington, D.C. Bloomberg 991 to Boston. Bloomberg 1061 to San Francisco. Bloomberg 960 to the country. Sirius XM Channel 119. And around the globe, the Bloomberg Business App and BloombergRadio.com. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. It's 5.30 on Wall Street. Good morning. I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. We are just about four hours away from the open of U.S. trading. Let's get you up to date on the news you need to know at this hour. We begin with the war in Ukraine, where Russian President Vladimir Putin says his country has taken control of the key port city of Mariupol. As it continues its offensive in the east and south, Ukraine's President Vladimir Zelensky said the situation remains severe. And Russia, meanwhile, test-fired a new intercontinental ballistic missile Wednesday. A day earlier, Pentagon spokesperson John Kirby addressed the current status of Russia's nuclear weapons arsenal and the defense capabilities of the U.S. We are actively monitoring every single day. And even today, the secretary remains comfortable that we have uh, an appropriate strategic deterrent posture in place. And Pentagon spokesperson John Kirby released a statement Wednesday saying the U.S. knew the missile test was happening and did not deem it a threat. Well, let's stay in Washington, Karen. The CDC has asked the Justice Department to appeal a judge's ruling that threw out the mask requirement for planes and other public transportation. That sets up a court battle over the decision. DOJ said earlier this week it stood ready to appeal that ruling. Turning to the economy now, Federal Reserve Chair Jerome Powell will speak publicly for the final time before the Fed's blackout period, which starts Friday at midnight. 
Powell may reinforce bets the Fed will raise interest rates half a point next month. Powell will speak at an event Thursday before taking part in a panel hosted by the International Monetary Fund alongside several policymakers, including European Central Bank President Christine Lagarde. Turning to markets now, Karen, shares of Tesla are up 7% in early trading following a robust earnings report. Let's get the latest live from Bloomberg's Renita Young. Good morning, Renita. Good morning, Nathan. Tesla's reporting a record profit for Q1, boosted by strong demand for its electric vehicles. And despite industry-wide supply chain challenges for key components like semiconductors and higher prices, CEO Elon Musk says Tesla should be able to make up for any production shortfalls. So to help mitigate the effect of all that, the company has been raising vehicle prices. And Musk predicts predicts Tesla is on track to expand production by more than 1.5 million vehicles this year. That's compared with about 936,000 deliveries last year. Live in New York, I'm Renita Young, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Renita, thank you. And after reporting disappointing earnings, Netflix plunged to 35% Wednesday. Shares are currently down more than half percent in early trading. Futures are higher this morning. Right now, S&P futures are up 33 points. Dow futures up 193. NASDAQ futures up 146. And straight ahead, your latest local headlines, plus a check of sports. This is Bloomberg. Thanks, Karen. 533 on Wall Street, 46 degrees in Central Park. Still dealing with an overturned tractor trailer on the northbound New Jersey Turnpike exit 7A. Details coming up in traffic. First, Michael Barr with more on what's going on in New York and around the world. Michael. Thank you very much, Nathan. New Jersey begins legalized recreational pot sales today. Amy Cachelia of the ACLU says the law also has a reach back effect to when it used to be illegal. After decriminalization was signed into law, our court started the process of expunging over 360,000 marijuana-related records for people across the state. Amy Cachelia with the ACLU. Meanwhile, legal pot is off-limits to police officers. With COVID cases spiking across the country and hospitalizations in the Northeast up by 25% over the last seven days, New York is keeping its mask mandate in place at JFK and LaGuardia and on public transit. Governor Kathy Hochul. We're not panicking about this. We're not changing. But we also want to make sure that we're hard, so smart about this. Governor Hochul, a suspect is dead and a police officer critically injured in what police in Yonkers say was a gun investigation arrest gone bad. Yonkers Police Commissioner John Muller said cops were following a lead when their three suspects ducked into a bodega. When police followed them into the store, Muller says one tried to flee and shot the detective. He was shot once in the in the stomach. He has damage to his uh, colon, his intestines, and his kidneys. Commissioner Muller says the suspect was shot and killed by another officer at the scene. The Florida Senate has passed a bill to repeal a law allowing Walt Disney World to operate as a private government over its properties in the state. The Republican-controlled chamber approved the bill escalating a feud with the entertainment giant over its opposition to what critics call the Don't Say Gay Law. The proposal could have huge tax implications for Disney, whose series of theme parks have over the decades transformed Orlando into one of the world's most popular tourist destinations. The Florida House of Representatives is expected to take up the bill today. Global News 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts from more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg, Nick. Michael, thank you. 
535 on Wall Street. Time for the Bloomberg Sports Update. Here's John Stanshower. Thanks, Nathan. The Nets coming home after two losses in Boston. They certainly could have won both games. Lost the series opener at the buzzer and led game two by 17 points. Never trailed until the fourth quarter when the Celtics had a run of 23-4 to and Boston won it. 114-107. The Nets are not going to win when their two stars struggle and Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving together in the second half. Shot one for 17. KD also had a subpar game one. He was asked how the Celtics are defending him. Playing two or three guys on me sometimes when I'm off the ball. They, you know, mucking up actions when I run off stuff. Is I see Horford leaving his man to come over to hit me sometimes. They just playing two or three guys hit me wherever I go, you know, and that's just... The nature of the beast in the playoffs. Game three, Saturday night at Barclays. Philadelphia won an overtime at Toronto to go up 3 nothing. Chicago won at Milwaukee to tie up that series. And the Bucks lost their second-best player, Chris Middleton, to a knee injury. Mets starting pitching has been so good. Not last night at City Field. Giants got to Chris Bassett. Three first-inning runs of Brandon Belt, Homer in the second. Mets shut out until the seventh inning. The Giants won 5-2. to two. Day game today. Yankees have a matinee in Detroit. Yanks go for the sweep. They won 5-3. Five to three. Five strong innings from Luis Severino. Home run for Anthony Rizzo. Go-ahead RBI single in the seventh by Isaiah Kiner-Falefa. Jay Wright, who 22 years ago left Hofstra for Villanova and then coached the Wildcats to two national championships, retiring at age 60. Villanova is replacing Wright with Fordham coach Kyle Neptune, who until a year ago had been a Wright assistant at Villanova. John Stashower, Bloomberg Sports, Nathan. Thank you, John. 537 on Wall Street. Time for the Tri-State Business Report. Here's Bloomberg's Ed Corey. New York City residents at more than 3,000 buildings can breathe a sigh of relief now that workers have struck a labor deal ending the possibility of a strike. More than 30,000 doormen, superintendents, and other building employees have negotiated a new contract with the Realty Advisory Board on Labor Relations. A union bidding to represent Amazon workers at a New Jersey facility has withdrawn its request. Local 713 of the International Brotherhood of Trade Unions filed a petition last week seeking to represent 200 workers at an Amazon delivery station in Bayonne. Two environmental bills are about to take effect in New Jersey, causing major changes in the way restaurants operate. A ban on plastic bags and foam containers and new regulations for takeout containers have forced restaurant owners to buy more expensive, environmentally friendly products. That's your Bloomberg Tri-State Business Report. I'm Ed Corey. Thanks, Ed. 538 on Wall Street. Bloomberg Radio is on the air from San Francisco to New York, London to Hong Kong. Let's check in with our global news team for some of the top stories heard on our 300 affiliate radio stations around the world. I'm Steve Potisk, and on 1010 Wins in New York, we're talking about how it looks like there has never been a better time to be a graduating college student. I'm Courtney Donahoe on KRLD in Dallas. United Airlines is forecasting a return to profit this year as more people fly. I'm Caroline Hepke on Bloomberg DAB Digital Radio in London. We're reporting on Boris Johnson, who appears on track to lead his Conservative Party at the next general election, despite being the first sitting Prime Minister found to have broken the law. I'm Ed Corey on WTAM in Cleveland. I'm reporting Aviant, formerly known as Poly One, is buying DSM protective material. And those are some of the stories our 2,700 Bloomberg journalists and analysts are working on this morning around the world. It's 539 on Wall Street. The following is an editorial from Bloomberg Opinion. No one can doubt President Joe Biden's commitment to clean energy. Unfortunately, his agenda faces a challenge rarely mentioned by climate activists, excessive regulation. State and federal rules are impeding progress on crucial wind, nuclear, and energy transmission projects. 
Such holdups are more than a nuisance. They waste tax dollars, raise construction costs, and all too often discourage new ideas. Worse, by delaying the switch to cleaner alternatives, they only add to total greenhouse gas emissions. A government that views climate change as an existential threat, in the president's words, can't tolerate such gridlock. A zero-carbon economy won't materialize by magic. It'll take immense effort, foresight, and fresh thinking. A good place to start is this. When it comes to green energy, red tape is the enemy. This editorial was written by the Bloomberg Opinion Editorial Board. I'm David Shipley. For more Bloomberg Opinion, please go to Bloomberg.com slash opinion or OPI and go on the Bloomberg Terminal. This has been Bloomberg Opinion. You can hear Bloomberg Opinion editorials every weekday at this time. Terminal customers can read more at OPI and go. Right now, S&P futures up 30 points. Dow futures up 184. NASDAQ futures are higher by 132 points. The 10-year Treasury is now down 11.30 seconds. The yield 2.87% yield on the two-year 2.61. Tesla shares continue to rise in the pre-market up 6.5% after the positive quarter. Can Elon Musk keep it up? Dan Ives of Wedbush with us next. This is Bloomberg. Bloomberg 1130 weather. More clouds than sun today. Highs near 60 degrees. We'll get up to near 70 tomorrow under sunshine. It'll be partly sunny, low 60s for Saturday. Right now, 46 degrees in Central Park. Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business App, and at Bloomberg Quick Tape. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. U.S. stock index futures on the rise this morning as a strong start to the earnings reporting season eases fears of a recession in the world's largest economy. A sell-off in treasuries resuming with a debate ranging around whether inflation is peaking. And we check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day. On Bloomberg, S&P futures up 30 points this morning. Dow futures up 186. NASDAQ futures up 132. The DAX in Germany up 1.2%. Ten-year Treasury down 9.30 seconds, yield 2.86%. The yield on the two-year, 2.61%. NYMEX crude oil is up 1.2%, up $1.23 at $103.42 a barrel. And that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael. Karen, thank you very much. President Vladimir Putin declared that a Russia has seized Ukraine's Mariupol, even as his defense minister said more than 2,000 opposing troops remain holed up in an industrial complex in the strategic southern port city. Putin, in a televised meeting, says taking control of such an important center in the south as Mariupol is a success. In the NBA playoffs, the Celtics beat the Nets 114-107 to take a two-games-to-zip lead in their series. In MLB, the Yankees won. The Giants beat the Mets 5-2. The Red Sox lost. The Orioles shut out the A's one zip. In the NHL, the Capitals lost to the Golden Knights in overtime 4-3. Global news 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts from more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg, Nathan. All right, Michael. Well, thank you. It's 548 on Wall Street, live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studios. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. And speaking of winners, how about Tesla? Up nearly 7% in the pre-market after the electric vehicle maker delivered record profit in the first quarter, even with supply chain issues and COVID in the way. Dan Ives is back with us this morning, Managing Director, Senior Equity Analyst at Wedbush Securities. Dan, it's always great to talk with you about Tesla and tech. I know you've been bullish on Elon Musk. Company for some time. Can Tesla continue 
to power through the supply chain challenges? Well, Nate, I think that was the key. I mean, back was against the wall. The China shutdown, logistics in the supply chain, unprecedented. And, and they came through with a billion-dollar beat. I think it just shows the price increases, there's no impact in demand. And they're able to handle the supply chain basically better than any automaker in the world. And that's why this is stock that's going to be up probably double digits today. But Elon Musk, of course, has been promising for some time to bring out lower-priced models to try to get to more of the mass market. Is that going to be a headwind in the medium term? Look, it, it is a headwind when you think about from an overall demand perspective. But look, right now, put in numbers, there's demand for a little over 2 million Tesla vehicles. They can only produce about 1.5 million. So, so demand's outstripping supply by 30%. Now, the biggest issue when it talks about batteries and components, it's gone up about three to $4,000 per car. They're passing that through. But no doubt, I mean, that's something to get to lower-priced cars. It's going to be tough in the near term, just given these astronomical price increases that we're seeing globally. Now, we heard from Elon Musk in the call promising to, to meet that 50% annual growth target. If these uh, price pressures continue, how is he going to be able to pull that off? Well, I think the big thing is that, but also it's the China shutdown. You know, China's been shut down. That's their, that's their hearts and lungs, Giga Shanghai. have been shut down for three weeks. So that's about 50,000 cars that won't be in 2Q in terms of deliveries. They still are expected to meet 50, potentially 60%. You're going to see a significant ramp in China, but also you have Berlin and Austin now ramping. I think it just shows they're flexing their muscles from a distribution perspective globally. But no doubt, this China is the main swing factor. But when you look at these results relative to some of the fears, Cinderella-like is how I'd call them. Now, we've been focused a lot, of course, on the COVID overhang. Is there a potential geopolitical overhang, particularly when you think about the Gigafactory in Berlin, which is very close, very affected by what's going on with the Russia situation? Yeah, I mean, especially with Berlin. I mean, that's – look, them getting a foothold in Europe is key, and they've gone through a ton of red tape to get there. But, of course, when, when you look at a heartbreaking situation in Ukraine, I mean, Tesla is going to be impacted by that, just like they're impacted by the COVID issues in China. You know, I think right now investors are looking at those as you know, almost transitory relative to the value of the company because it's all about demand. And, and the key, if there's one headline – the price increases, as opposed to Netflix and others, the price increases are not impacting demand. And that's key in terms of the investors digesting the story today. In the time we have left, Dan, I want to get your thoughts on Netflix. Obviously, the stock has been crushed since that subscriber loss. I wonder if you think the uh, sell-off may be overdone. Well, we don't. I mean, I think it's a catch a fall in nice situation because, you know, right now the clock struck 12 in terms of the growth story screaming, competition increasing. They got hubris in terms of price increases. And it was a dog ate the homework excuse in terms of, you know, passwords being used across the board. Look, I think it's a bifurcated tech tape. Netflix is on the wrong side of this. You look at names like Apple, Microsoft, you know, Google, among others, and tech and, and enterprise. Netflix is a name that I continue to think the multiple could trade lower. And uh, as you mentioned, uh, we do have uh, some of those other big tech names reporting next week, including Apple, Microsoft, and Amazon. Are you still bullish on those names? 
Yeah, I think it's a haves and a have-nots in tech. Enterprise-focused names, product-driven names like Apple, those are names that are going to, in my opinion, continue to move higher. But the work-from-home poster childs where growth have really got pulled forward, some of the e-commerce names, those are names that are going to fade. Amazon Cloud continues to be the story there, just like Microsoft. And I believe overall tech is going to be a very solid earnings season. And I think it's going to be a catalyst for tech stocks to move higher. Just about a minute left here, Dan, just to bring it back to Tesla and Elon Musk. Do you think the Twitter buyout effort is going to be a distraction when it comes to Tesla for Elon Musk? Well, I think that's been a perception How to juggle so many balls between this SpaceX as well as Twitter. There was also worries just how you're going to pay for it because there was some that thought he'd sell a stock. He's going to collateralize his stock in terms of a loan. But look, this is a Game of Thrones with Twitter. You know, and I think, you know, this is just getting started. There'll likely be probably a tender offer, could be a competing bid. But, but I think what we saw last night is a focused must, probably the more mature one that I've seen on these conference calls. And I think that was important at a time when investors were he's getting distracted. Always great getting your thoughts, Dan. Thanks. Dan Ives, Senior Equity Analyst at Wedbush Securities. Karen. Right, Nathan, thank you. And it is 5.54 on Wall Street. Time for a legal story we're following this morning. Well, on Monday, a federal judge in Florida revoked the national mask mandate for travel with a nationwide injunction. Now the U.S. Justice Department says it will appeal that ruling following a request from the CDC. This sets up a likely court battle that could extend past the midterm elections. For more, Bloomberg's June Grasso speaks to Robert Field, a professor of law and public policy and management at Drexel University. I'd like you to start just by giving your general reaction to the decision. I think that it misses the mark by a mile. There are two grounds on which the judge struck down the mask mandate. One was that it exceeds CDC's authority, and the statute says it can impose measures like sanitation and other measures that it deems necessary in the face of an infectious emergency. To say that masking is not a form of sanitation is to obliterate the the meaning of the term. Keeping germs away from people is sanitation. That's why we have clean water, sewage operations. And even if it isn't sanitation, it would be a measure that CDC believes is necessary to fight a national emergency. A lot of the analysis has revolved around her interpretation of the word sanitation, which she mentioned. She said there are two competing senses and that the word's meaning must be limited to measures that clean something, not ones that keep something clean. And she used the dictionary. Yeah, well, there are a lot of dictionaries and you can often pick and choose. I think the common meaning in public health and medical circles is to eliminate a health threat whether it's microorganisms or a toxin or a dangerous chemical. And to keep that away from people who could be exposed is sanitation, whether it's preventing new exposure to the agent or whether it's just maintaining prevention of the agent. I don't really see what the distinction is. It seems like a tortured distinction. Now, to add to the confusion, the Justice Department said it plans to appeal the ruling They're in a tough spot right now, sort of damned if you do, damned if you don't. If they don't appeal, 
then the mandate is gone and this ruling is out there. It's at a lower court level, so it's not a precedent, but it is still out there for another judge to refer to. And that's Robert Field of Drexel University speaking with Bloomberg's June Grasso. Catch more of that interview plus analysis of the latest legal news by listening to the Bloomberg Law Show at 10 p.m. Eastern Time or subscribing to the Bloomberg Law Podcast. And attorneys can find exceptional legal research and business development tools at BloombergLaw.com. Futures this morning are on the rise. S&P futures up 30 points. Dow futures up 188. NASDAQ futures up 131. And... Our top stories are straight ahead as Bloomberg Daybreak continues. This is Bloomberg. From Silicon Valley to Wall Street, the promise and perils of artificial intelligence are playing out on the world stage. But what will the next phase of AI adoption look like? Which companies from big tech to startups will dominate? And where do the risks and unintended consequences lie? I'm Emily Chang. Join me at Bloomberg Tech in San Francisco, May 9th, to answer many of the industry's burning questions. Alongside SNAP's Evan Spiegel, Xbox President Sarah Bond, OpenAI's Brad Lightcap, top researcher Dr. Fei-Fei Li of Stanford, and many more. More details and just a few tickets left at Bloomberg.com slash TechSF.